This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff here, your host for the next 30 minutes on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets of Dr. Jeff. Here for you, here for your pets, whatever you want to know, that's why we're here. So normally, as you know, I start my show from Los Angeles, nine in the morning. Now I'm on the East Coast at BMX, which is probably the largest veterinary conference uh, in the world. And uh, maybe not so as large this year, we're going to get to that in a minute, but we are opened up, ready to go. And this is the best. I've been coming here for, I mean, I've been practicing in my 38th year. I've been coming here probably for, for 35 of them. And uh, it is really, it's, I've always said, this is the best conference on the planet. So I'm here live with Mr. Gene O'Neill. Gene is the CEO of NABC. And Dr. Dana Marble, who is the Chief Veterinary Officer, a co-Chief Veterinary Officer. As you know, I'm Chief Veterinary Officer of AirVet, and it's always nice to meet other Chief Veterinary Officers. So um, anyway, I'm so glad that uh, you're joining me here. And uh, you know, I. People don't know, you know, our listeners, Pet Life Radio is huge. And pet parents, mostly pet parents, pet lovers, and they don't know what goes on. How do veterinarians continue to learn? You know, I remember the words of wisdom to me by one of my mentors. This was years ago. And um, she said to me, Barb Kitchell, and she said, Jeff, you're a hotshot. You're in school. Don't forget, every five years, half of what was known as gospel is obsolete. And it's really hard to keep up on things. We rely on these conferences. To sort of keep us that, or hiring young, smart, better names, right? <laughs> one or the other. So, um, tell us a little bit about uh, uh, VMX. And first of all, this year, I got to tell you, it's more than I thought it would be. Right. Oh, and, and first of all, thank you for coming down cross country to see us because we're really happy for you to be here. And as you can see, we're happy for everybody to come out and join mm-hmm. us here. So, it's been a little challenge of the year for us, but you know, with the with the help of the community, the local officials, the convention center, we saw the appetite for for the consumption of CE live. Right. You know, uh, I think we've all experienced the virtual piece of it, but I think it's come time now where everybody realizes that part of what you learn at a conference is in session, right? You're, you're, you're being spoken to, you ask questions, but the real learning is what happens here. Absolutely. What happens in the hallways, the conversations, the networking. That's where a lot of, uh, of the relationships and a lot of the learning really happens. So we're really happy to see everybody come back out and taking part in I heard a statistic earlier this morning, actually, that of the attendees here at VMX, 75% of them are alive here. 75% are alive. So so we have about, in total, because this is the first year that NABC is going virtual. So we do have a, a virtual component. So as we are sitting here, there are others watching us as well. Right. So from home, from the poolside, from the cabana, <laughs> wherever, wherever they're at. But the beach would have been nice, but... Uh, yeah, some people here, right, right. There may be people here at the pool watching us. Right. So that's a big component for us this year. That's, that's a, a, a real initiative for us. But... Our total, our total participation this year, if you call it 10,000 people, we have 75% on the floor here. That's great. Yeah. That's great. So, um, you know, I always, you know, like we said, one of the elements that we see here in, at a conference is teaching guys like me, right? What's new? What's exciting? Because there's a lot out there. And, and, you know, it's funny. I'm a pack rat and I have not only my old exams from that school, this is going back. This is, you know, 38 years. And also my books. I kept all my books. And now, you know, sometimes I'll pick up a book and I'll look at something and I go, we used to do that. 
I think it's funny that you mentioned Dr. Kitchell because guess what? Great teachers are great teachers. She was one of my teachers. Really? She, absolutely. It's a small world, yep, right? Harvey's the best. Yeah. yeah, she is. And you know, it, that's what's great about BMX. Right here, we've got all the world experts in any area of veterinary medicine and actually in almost every area of veterinary medicine come and join us and teach us the latest and greatest teach us what's new new medications new techniques new surgeries new treatment plans things that get changed and updated all the time because medicine is changing faster than ever you know i was gonna say every week that i start my show i usually peruse the news mm -hmm. i'll either go to you know the ABMA smart brief i'll go to uh, Newstat, and just what's new what can I share with our viewers, listeners, to just let them know what's going on? I mean, I, one thing, you know, as we talk about always, and I've been a big stickler about this, is vaccines. How vaccine protocols have changed yeah. in the years. Oh, and, and, and they're changing all the time, I right? know. Yeah. And it's sort of like the vaccine hasn't changed, but what, how often we give it is changed. What we give, right. what's our core for our area? So many different things we're thinking about now. And we're learning, we're sharing a lot of information as we learn with the COVID vaccine, we're sharing with the medical community yeah. because a vaccine is a vaccine. So I'm just curious, Dana, from your perspective, and you practice, you still practice? I do still practice, I yes. That's good I practice, for you. I practice in mostly non-traditional pets, so exotic pets. Okay. So, but we do still use vaccines, yeah. Right. So, so what, I mean, some things that, are, where you see trends changing in the industry I mean, even broad trends, broad trends. trends. like just well, our demographic, the veterinary demographic. <laughs> that stands out to me is how we're using technology to be more efficient, right? We've understood over the years that the real value in veterinary medicine is actually the veterinarian to pet owner piece. Right. That contact, that empathy, that type of, that interaction is really where the value is. So how can we use veterinarians' time better to maximize their time? They're what's hopefully going to go back to FaceTime with, with our clients, with our pet owners, and minimize things like how much time they're spending doing paperwork, right? You know, submitting diagnostic samples. How can we best utilize our veterinary nurses to take over, you know, to fully utilize their skills, use every piece of their training, so that veterinarians are really allowed to, to just be veterinarians and not have to do that. So. You know, what we learned, and again, I have my telemedicine platform, AirVet, and we have seen such an amazing jump. And now, you know, I think many of my clients are spoiled. They don't want to come in and fight LA traffic yeah. for a little recheck. Right. I can take a look at that incision. I can take a look at that ear. I can check mm -hmm. the eye, just see what's going on. Is it squinting? And I can say, you know what? It looks pretty darn good. Yeah. yeah. And, and they love it. So, you know, we, in a sense, we've created a monster. But to your point, it's good for us too, because now instead of booking a 15, 20 minute time slot, for something that's going to take you really two, three minutes, do the two, three minutes, knock in. You know, what I, what I tell people, veterinarians, that you should do is block a little time at the end of the day for all your callbacks and do it virtually. Yeah. Many of them are going to turn into appointments, which is what you want, obviously, but many of them don't need to. And then you're not right. going to tie up an exam room for something that wasn't even really necessary. Right. Yeah. And I mean, it goes to technology being used to help us communicate actually better. I mean, yeah. there are always limitations to things like emails and texts, but in a way, they're also a great tool that we can use to supplement our face-to-face -face communication and our phone communication. Right. Just add that extra layer. Well, you know, for example, you're doing exotics. Uh -huh. How great would it be? Because I don't. <laughs> right? you know, get on a little, little Zoom call. Uh -huh. See, Dana, so I have this, you know, case and, and what's the best way to, to handle it? And it just adds its interaction. Now, Gene, from the business side of things, when we think about veterinary medicine globally, what have you seen? Because you're relatively new to veterinary medicine. Sure. 
And so, yeah. So what, yes. What have you, you know, as as a business guy, right. Where do you see this industry? So, uh, I mean, broad based, what I see is probably one of the fastest growing industries. When you look at, when you look at the markets and let's talk about the markets just a second. When you talk about earnings from some of the big companies, some of the investments being made by by equity firms, it's really the veterinary industry that they're focusing on. We get calls every day at NABC about what we're doing, how's our conference going, how can we partner, how can can we buy you? Because they see that there's an opportunity. So so I've seen that just, just explode as far as interest in the industry. As far as what I've seen personally, you know, to Dana's point, you know, I see a theme every year about what's coming out and what's new in innovation. And I think this year, to Dana's point, some of the innovative things that are coming out are really those things that make the veterinary's time, which is probably their most valuable asset that they have. So time with their, to your point, to your listeners, to let them know that what we're trying to do is educate them to realize that that time is more valuable to their patients. Correct. So if they're coming to an event like this and being exposed to this new technology, these new innovations, your listeners should feel some comfort to know that these veterinarians are getting that training to free up their time, doing administrative things, doing some smaller type of procedures, drawing blood, whatever, but they're, they're now spent hands-on with your pet. So I see that this year being probably one of the focuses and what this show is going to be focusing on is that innovation. Right. And what's so interesting is that, and I've learned a lot from just being a telemedicine doc, is that fine line we need to walk between the business of veterinary medicine and the philosophy of veterinary medicine. You know, and what I find we've lost, sadly, is the James Herriot approach to practice. Very personalized, very individualized. And it wasn't so much about the money. It was about the care. And, you know, I find that success, because I've knocked on wood, I've been very successful in my practice, is that I've always liked to stress the care and trying, we need to run a business. Like I say to a client, you know, you see this great hospital you walk into, yes, we, we have to be sensitive also right. and cognizant about the finances, because right. we want to keep our doors open. We want to sure. keep our employees paid right. well, yeah. or else we're going to lose them. Right. So I, I think the consumer gets it, yeah. but I think it's very important that the message we deliver as caregivers is about the care. It doesn't say we're veterinarians money makers, right. we're veterinarians caregivers. Right. Well, I think it was interesting. There was a number of reports that came out at the end of 2020. And what it showed, interestingly enough, is that client visits stayed about the same. So, but because of curbside, a lot of times appointments popped up. So it was really interesting right. to me that we didn't have an increase in quantity last year. But if you looked, most veterinary hospitals at the end of last year, business was actually up. So appointments got a little bit longer maybe we saw about the same or even a few less appointments, but we were able to connect with clients in a right. little bit longer appointments. And to your point, make that, make that personal connection real again. Right. And that's something that hope sticks around from the pandemic. I hope we realize that that time we spend is so valuable, actually, not just to us, but to our clients. And, you know, one of the things about curbside, and I would mention this on my show, is that, you know, I find a lot of frustration in clients where curbside was the client sitting in the car alone, mm-hmm. twiddling their thumbs, wondering what is going on inside right. with my pet. Yeah. There's no communication. There's no direct communication. Whereas, you know, I jumping on a, a telemedicine platform, regardless of which one it is, that when I would do telemedicine with the client, they were real time on yeah. the phone. And there I would set my phone right there on the, on the exam table. I'm in a room with their pet and one of my techs. And it's as if, Gene, you're no far away than this you are with from me right, right now, but you're right. sitting in your car. Right. So it, you don't lose anything as far as that personal touch. Right. And I found a lot of frustration among clients that weren't able to do that. Yeah. 
because they weren't able to converse. They weren't able to ask the direct question. And like you said, the exam, because the technician or the veteran nurse running back and forth, yeah. right, to answer those questions, instead of getting a 20-minute appointment, or maybe a half-hour appointment, it was 45 minutes to an hour. Then you have to check out. Right. Yeah. And I, I saw a lot of frustration. Yeah. I think we need to be do always do a better job at, again, it's not what we need, it's what do they need. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. We need to find out what our clients want. Right. Asking them, how can we better serve you? Right. Rather than yeah. assuming right. what they want. That's one of the things that... That's one of, the, one of the dilemmas you find yourself in most of the time is we think we know what you want without asking you. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, Dana, from a veterinary perspective, where do we see care changing and what are our newer obstacles that we're seeing just as far as veterinary medicine? I mean, I think one of the newer obstacles is I think a lot of practices are still grappling with this. How do we move out of curbside? How do we provide our team members a level of safety that they're going to feel comfortable with, but start to transition back in a way that we see as responsible, as good? And I think a lot of, especially veteran leaders, are still grappling with how to make that make that transition and, and communicate it, right? How, communicate why we're making the decisions that we are. We know veterinary teams are very small. So that an illness among a veterinary team member, (laughs) even if it's not COVID, can be really devastating, right? Right. One technician out with the flu for two weeks, that's so hard. (laughs) So how do we how do we make that transition back? And I think I think we know how to do it, but we're trying to figure out how to make sure everyone's on the same page and everyone feels good about it. So I see that as one of the big ones. And I also see some of our veterinarians, some of our clients actually liked curbside. Um, They liked there was a level of convenience there. So how do we maintain a little bit of that type of convenience and still keep that human touch that we missed? And that's why I say, I think that curbside done the right way, you know, where there's that live virtual exchange going on with client doctor. But then I agree with you and for us too, as a practitioner, how many times have I seen a case come in for something that was a nervous client for this lump that was growing on their dog, and you look at it, and it's a ward. <laughs> yeah. And you yeah. booked a 20-minute appointment right. for a ward, right? Way to go. And, right. Next time we're coming for the dentistry, we're going to probably take that thing off. Yeah. Would I anesthetize this dog for this award right now? No. No. no yeah. I could have done that virtually. You know what yeah. I mean? And now I'm sitting and saying, so I think that because time is always, when it comes to its efficiency, Yeah. we need to be more efficient. I dealt with a, a call just the other day where this woman could not get in to see her vet for three weeks. They were booking the beginning of July. Yeah. That's unacceptable. No. Yeah. You can't have somebody wait with an ill pat, like I said to you before. Yeah. I never say no. <laughs> so I would say, come on in. Well, it'll be a little wait. I'll stay till six instead of 530. Right. But I do, we need to see. You. Yeah. Again, I think that there is a change, I think, in the, the mentality, the philosophy of the younger veterinarians with the work-life balance compared to what it was when I looked at my old dictionary, there was no such thing as work-life balance. No, right. So, what does this say? You have a patient, needs to be seen. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. what's your balance? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think some of it's really good, though. Um, I think a lot of, you know, a lot of veterinarians are yes people when they should be yes tomorrow people. Yeah. You but, know, not, yes but not necessarily yes three weeks from now, people. Right. But anyway, True. say that thought. We're going to go for a break. We're going to come back. We want to talk about this. I also want to talk about the stresses Mm -hmm. that veterinarians are facing to the point that we are a very stressed out profession instead of a profession of smiles I still have and no stress at all. It's like, what's going on? I like talking about the change. So when we come back, don't go away. You're going to be here with uh, Dr. Dana Varble and Mr. Gene O'Neill over at uh, NEBC VMX. We'll be back after these short words. 
take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There's no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. So we're back. So uh, anyway, we're back live here with Gene O'Neill and Dana Marble over at uh, NABC VMX. And so before the break, Dana, we were talking about the stresses. Yes. You know, we know from the business side, Gene, student loans. I mean, sure. it's, it's insane. I mean, I think that I went to Davis as a California resident, all right? And my tuition was $500 a quarter, $1,500 a year, 6000 for the four years combined. And I said, it cost me more to send one of my kids to kindergarten. For one yeah. year yeah. and me for four years of, you know, yeah. the top best schools in the nation. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah. now student debts are, I mean, a couple hundred thousand. Yeah. Several hundred thousand. thousand. Yeah. That's Several enough. hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. yeah. And so given what a, a veterinarian could earn, right? How long is it take to pay this back? Forever. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. And then, and I can imagine how that just weighs veterinarian down. That's just the one complication is the student debt issue. We're not going to solve this overnight. Right. But that just complicates everything else when you talk about things like hiring, hiring practices, and retaining staff and getting staff. These are all just the stressors that pile up and pile up. But having that one base, having that one base uh, understanding that I'm going to school for four years and I'm getting my degree in something that I love that I will be paying back in the rest of my life. I mean, yeah. that has got to weigh down right. from, the, from day one. And I, listen, I put myself in college as well, and, and I had no stress, like just like you. I came out, what's in debt free, but it was manageable, right? I can't understand how some of these veterinarians approach it and try to work that into their business model to say, here was how I see an influence. Right. So, but that's just the one stressor I think Danny could probably talk yeah. about. Well, yeah, I want to go into yes. the little things also. I've lectured in front of, and I've asked you know, veterinarians, an audience of 200. I mean, just by show of hands, how many of you went into this business to retire a multimillionaire? Right? No one. No one. I mean, the reality yeah. is that that's not what we're going to do. But it's a profession of passion. It is. Absolutely. And yet, understanding now is that that could be a detriment. I, I mean, I think that's part of it. I think with that passion comes a kind of tendency to be a perfectionist, too. And of course, it's easy to think that, but and we're scientists and we know perfection is not really attainable, especially in biology. Right? <laughs> biology is not about perfection, it's not physics. It's I don't even think physics is perfection. I'd have to look that up. But I think there's a tendency to perfectionism that is, is a real challenge for us. Uh, a tendency with that comes to please people. Like you said, you always say yes. yes. Great. But, you know, sometimes it's really hard to please people. Sometimes it's basically impossible. Oh, right. Absolutely. When you have those clients, you can do no right. Yeah. 
Some people just don't connect, right? Certain people, certain personalities, the way they communicate, they right. connect. And I think we take that extremely personally rather than understanding that maybe I'm just not the right person for you. Maybe mm-hmm. there's somebody else that's going to be great for you. Maybe we just don't. <laughs> just a, a quick story about that. I had a client for many years and he was a bear. Nobody, the girls hated him up front. And, uh, and I had to talk to them once. I, I, what I did was I copied his files. I put everything into a nice manila folder with his name on it and some names of local vets mm-hmm. that, of course, people I really didn't like because I want them to, I want them to get this guy. And uh, anyway, so I went into fire. It was like one of the first. I, I haven't fired hardly any. I mean, in, in many years. I always figure out a way to make it work. And when he saw that I was going to let him go, he was like, oh, oh, no, 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 Dr. Where were I? Oh, no. I said, well, you know, you got to do a better job. That might, you're really toxic. My girls up front, you put them in tears sometimes. You know, we do our best. We're trying our best. And Daryl, we'd love to have you as a client. But, you know, you got to see some changes. Sure. And mind you, this was six years ago. He is a charmer. He walks in. He is. And he calls. And he's nice on the phone. And because, you know, a lot of times clients don't want to leave. But they don't realize how tough they are to the staff. Or how many yeah. times I'll, I'll get a client in a room and, oh, well, because of problem with up front and yelling and screaming. And I walk in and they go, oh, my gosh, how are yeah. you today? It's like, really? I know what just happened out there. Yeah, I think sometimes they forget that we actually can hear right. other parts of the clinic, yes. right? Yeah. But, but compassion fatigue, I think, is a real thing. Yeah. And on it the is. one hand, we don't want to lose that compassion because I think that's why clients choose us. Yes. They don't choose a vet because they're the most expensive. If anything, they're choosing it's the least expensive. Sometimes, yeah. Right? right? Yeah. But they want to see, is I, I often say, clients really don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so that's our job is to show that we're not doing it. And it's, as soon as it becomes a money thing, and yet these young doctors are at this challenge because it kind of it has to be a little sure. bit about the money. Sure. Be yeah. Because they have to pay those debts. Right. Yeah. Right. And yet, and yet the clients, of course, want things for free. Right. Yeah. It's a push pull, right? Yeah. Like it's it's a combination of creating another balance. You talk about work life balance. How about how about a compassion finance balance? How challenging is that? To be able to spend enough time but not so much time that it's truly interfering with, with your next appointment and the next right. thing you have to do. It's a tough call. It's really hard. And it, different people need different amounts of your That's time. True. That's true. That's you true. Know? And, uh, and there are different responsibilities at home. Mm-hmm. You know, just with the industry changing. Sure. And no, no, I, I get it. But it's a challenge and it's, it's hard to hear. Especially when someone that I know personally was taken by that fatigue. Yeah. That capacity fatigue. There was no end in sight. Right. And also another thing that really affects, I mean, it's, it's sad that it does have the effect on us, social media. Yes. Yeah. Social media can be really vicious. It can. You know, we're so, we are passionate people. So the bad things stick around. Right. I think the other thing that's really, really important, it's, a, it's something you almost have to train young veterinarians to do, is, you know, sometimes when I've had a bad day, I actually have a folder in the back of my file cabinet, and it's full of thank you letters right, and right. pictures I've gotten. I say those too. Yeah. You have to see them. Because, yeah. you know, sometimes you've had a day where it just hard. Right. Flip open that folder. And you know what? The first thing you do when you flip open that folder is usually a photo falls right, out right. or a thank you card flips open. And usually you only have to do it once. Read that. It's usually a thank you note that's four lines, right? right? right. And you know what? You're like, Hi, I'm yeah. good. I'm good. Yeah. Maybe you can today. But I remember that. Right. It's a spark you need. Yeah, it yeah. is. That's so uh, as we are, we're getting close to our uh, end of the show. VMX. Now we're going to be back in January. Full force. Quick turnaround. Yeah. Yeah. Right. We're ready. We're ready. And um, you're getting a lot of support from the, the vendors yes. and the exhibitors. We are so excited yeah. to be back. Uh, yes. 
yeah. and the speakers. And the speakers. Everybody, everyone so far has been very, very loyal to NEDC. So everyone we spoke to about our exhibit hall, you know, it's a little more intimate this year, but going back full force for January, which is only six months away, you know, we were subject to the travel bans as everyone else hide in. But everyone we spoke to now will be back as well as those that aren't here today. So, right. yeah, we have a full slate of, of not only education, but exhibit halls and some new stuff coming out. And numbers wise, I was talking to Mark Rossack. So we have about 6,000 here. We have about 6,500 here on okay. the floor. Right. We have about another 25 to 3,000 listening at home. Right. So, uh, so, so from a, I'll put my CFO hat back. <laughs> right. You know, I'm happy because we have about 10,000 paid attendees, which we'd normally get. You right. Know, plus you add on all the sponsors and the exhibitors. And we're back up to where, you know, we're back. Now, normally, to put this into perspective, a good BMX, a good year, would have about, what, 17,000, 18,000 people? 18,000. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So, hey, that's pretty good then, yeah. considering it's the challenges of COVID very, that we've had yeah. and, you know, where, how it's affected many of us. I know I was traveling in February. I was in Park City getting my snowboarding in, and uh, that had already pretty much opened. I mean, there was masks when you were you know, sure. walking on the streets, but it set down a restaurant, you you know, masks them off. And Los Angeles is now just starting that. I know yeah. some parts of the country have been mask free for sure. a while. No, welcome. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, they say you can walk around the streets yeah. here yeah. as long as it's open. Yeah. If you go into sure. a, a yeah. confined space, they want the masks back on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We um, no restrictions. Right, right. Yeah. But I think we're getting better. We are getting better. And if you look at if you look at numbers around the country right now. Just seeing how, how many people are being vaccinated, seeing how cases are dropping, it's really encouraging. Us. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And um, we, you know, I don't know how what, what it was like. We were veterinarians were going to be one one A. Yeah. But then we changed this to one B one. But <laughs> California, yeah, but I got on because of my age. So because oh. I was a senior, I was sixty six. So it was like it's great. I'll take it. I'll take it. So the one time age, it was your benefit. You know. All right, Gene, Dana, thank you so much for joining me here. Pet Life Radio's Ask Best Doctor Jeff. If you have any questions about what we do, about VMX, about how veterinarians kind of keep their learning up to date, uh, you can always get a hold of me at Doctor Jeff Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com, and I'll be happy to answer. If you have specific questions, or if you have an exotic question. <laughs> For Dr. Marble, who loves doing with exotics, then uh, yeah. we'll, just, uh, we'll get answers for you. All right, so uh, we will see you here live, same bat channel next week here on Pet Life Radio's Test Dr. Jeff. Have a great week, everybody. See you next week. Let's talk pets every week on demand, only on petliferadio.com. <laughs>